Welcome to our first episode. Yay, we're so excited to have you guys all here for our first episode. We're really excited to start recording. So I We've think been we like trying to record like a Yeah, we recorded the intro off. thing. We recorded the intro thing like 10 times. So it's great. It's amazing. Yeah. So let's just get into it. Just let's just Okay. Start. So I mean, we're basically trying to talk about something that the whole world is talking about right now. What is politics? So our first episode is going to be revolving kind of around some recent events in American politics. Um, cough, cough. The 2020 presidential election. I mean, okay, first of all, I I was in LA, right, like the weekend after yeah. that. And I just, you know, obviously there's COVID going on and I don't want to be like, oh my God, I'm promoting everyone being in the streets together. But like, it was just amazing to see. Like, I don't think we've had that kind of like unification and happiness in so long. And no matter what, I think that type of feeling is something that is so important, especially when there's so much division. Like, I don't know. It's just nice to see. Like, yeah, you know? I, wanted, I wanted to ask you because I know like um, I'm in Seattle right now um, and it's a little bit different in the suburbs because like obviously COVID is still like everyone takes it like really serious here. So there's not really as many people like out on the street like like in the videos I've seen online but I wanted to hear your experience um in California because that sounds very exciting it's like the first time in the last four years that I can like look at the news or like I don't know I just yeah I can breathe and I don't know so true even in the suburbs of Seattle even if there's like no parades or like like anyone in the streets like it is very visible that everyone is like relieved and like happy about this because like you were saying like after four years of like our executive office spreading so much like hate and like division um, yeah, yeah it's just so refreshing to have somebody preach unification at a hundred percent such a high level and you know that is really the bare minimum I don't know why we're so I mean I understand why we're happy about that but it's kind of pathetic I, I, I wanted to talk about that I feel like before like the peak of the election I was like Joe Biden sucked but after this it's like suddenly he's like the savior which in a way I think he is kind of because it's kind of a turning point for politics and everything in America and we've gone through so much in the past four years to be able to see this change even if it's such a small change I mean it's not really a small change but like even if it's not everything it's it's still important and it's still you know something to celebrate I think yeah and I know I think it's really important um on that topic um 2020 has been a crazy year there's no doubt about that and I don't want to be like cliche or anything but this year has been a textbook moment. Like, I don't know. Like, I know in like, AP World History and just like US history classes, there are certain years like that you just go in on like completely. It's so weird to think that we're living history. You so know? true. So true. Um, and I really feel like honestly kind of an out of body experience. But I wanted to talk more about what you're saying about um the president-elect Joe Biden. Um, I know many people were not very, um, very fond of him before the election, and now he's seen as some type of 
I guess, quote unquote, savior to America. And I think it's really important to kind of break that down into what it is. So personally, I'm just going to say I agree with a lot of Joe Biden's ideas. I don't agree with all of them, but I do like a lot of his ideas. And I know that he has pledged that on his first day, he is going to be undoing a lot of what has happened in the last four years. And I think that is personally very important. One last thing I wanted to talk about is his victory speech. Can we just talk about that for a second? So good. I'm first that of was all, so good. Um, it is crazy. Just I don't even I don't even have words, but I wanted to talk about the part where he was talking um about different groups and how he wanted to unify them. And I thought it was really important that at the end he said he was talking, I don't have an exact quote, but he said something along the lines of like, no matter your um like race, sexuality, identity, religion, or disability, and I he's like I will serve you all and I think the fact that he included disability is really crazy because for a lot of people that is the first time like for the disabled community that's the first time that they have heard a president recognize um disabilities on like such a huge level like I think it's really important to recognize that like while some people may not support him like or his ideas he is definitely preaching unity which is something we have not had in four years which is kind of crazy no yeah for sure I I think there's like there's a lot of positives to see here especially when you like put him against what we had what we've had with Trump and everything like I think there's definitely something to be happy about and everything it was kind of disappointing to see on social media that there was so much people or there's so many people who were like, no, let's just talk about how horrible he is, which I mean, I agree with. And I think we should definitely get into the flaws of every literally everything related to politics. There's like some type of flaw. So we should definitely talk about that. But I think that we owe it to ourselves to just celebrate like unity. Hopefully, you know, 2021 will bring a lot of that like unity i keep talking about unity but like i'm obsessed with it i think because there's so much division it's such a big deal and it really again back what i was saying earlier that is the bare minimum and somehow we've strayed so far from that 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 is something that we are so happy about social media has so much division especially when it comes to politics like i feel like everything on social media is about politics these days which i understand because there's a lot of things going on right now but like there is just so much just hatred and like hurt and disrespect and it just i don't know it's sad to see do you want to talk about that i think honestly perfect transition thank you so much i want to segue on kind of a fancy word I want to segue this into the topic of, first of all, okay, actually a few topics I want to go over now is performative activism, cancel culture, and idolizing politicians versus supporting them. Let's talk about idolizing politicians versus supporting politicians. And I think this is something very, very, very pertinent to social media especially in the year 2020, you know, our news gets um, gets along in a very different way than even 10 years ago. Um, and that is a very, that plays a very big role in politics and how the general public views our politicians and these ideas that they're bringing. So the idea behind idolizing politicians is that there are some groups of people who will blindly follow a politician and not recognize 
any mishaps, flaws, mistakes, or mistakes they have made. Um, a great example of this is um, one great example of this is Donald Trump and his army of MAGA people. Um, true. It's true. very interesting to see these videos of people interviewing um, his supporters, and even when they bring up stuff like, "Oh, would you would you support someone who has twenty six sexual assault allegations?" They'd say, "No, that's horrible." And then they're like, "Oh, but did you know your president has twenty six sexual assault allegations?" They'll be like, "Oh, but that's okay because he's Donald Trump." Um, this is yeah. this is an example of idolizing politicians. For me, I actually never viewed it in that way, which of course that is so true. And we can get into Donald Trump and his minions and we can talk about it for like a million hours. But um, I just, I see idolizing politicians a lot within young people Mm -hmm. on social media. Like so many of my peers, like I feel like everyone is into politics these days. And I'm honestly excited about that because I I don't want to be like, oh my God, I'm superior to everyone else. I'm definitely not. And I'm learning so much now and I barely know anything. But Mm -hmm. my family was always very vocal about like politics and they wanted, you know, us to be interested in that and to watch the debates and watch this and watch that. And so I like remember there was a time and place where like nobody talked about politics. Nobody knew anything about it. So it's definitely amazing to see the young people are more getting like trying to get more educated at least. But it also comes with a lot of side effects of people like stand culture almost within politics. So does that make sense? Yeah, and I think one big part of that, especially in the last four years, okay, honestly, personally, when I first heard about the whole idolizing versus supporting politicians thing, I was a little bit shocked. I was like, because personally, I've never idolized a politician. I just view them as, oh, I agree with their ideas, but they have messed up at some point or this is something wrong they've done, but I still like their public speaking or something like that. Um, it's it's so dangerous to not be able to see politicians flaws. that's true but what i wanted to get into is that it is something that you can criticize someone for especially after the last four years we we have had but the important thing to recognize um in a little bit of a perspective um change is that after the past after the after the turmoil we've been through in the last four years i mean for a lack of better word the last four years, the last presidency has been very rough for a lot of people, especially, 100%. especially for a lot of marginalized groups. So for some people, when they see someone like AOC or if they see someone like um, Joe Bernie Biden or, or Bernie yeah. Sanders and they see someone who is preaching unity, someone who is standing up for their community, someone who might have done something wrong in the past, but is right now actively advocating and supporting for their community it is very easy to blindly follow that person because it's just clinging on to 100 percent clinging on to your last source of hope honestly and so i don't know i yeah i don't i don't want to say that i'm blaming anybody who like idolizes politicians i think it's unbelievably easy to do that especially in the environment we're in where it's like I know stand culture is kind of like a joke, but at the same time, it's like once you support someone, you like support them with your life and everything. You know, I don't think it has to be like that. And I think it's it's definitely tough having politics mixed with like social media culture and everything. Like, mm-hmm. do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's like not even as serious and as, you know, like 
I don't know. I just see people make like big statements that have big implications without even doing their research and stuff. Cause it's like on social media, you, somebody says that and you trust them and you believe them, then you're saying that too. And it's like, you know, you can't do that with politicians. Like you have to do research into what they're saying because they have no, they have no reason to be completely truthful. You know, it's yeah. their job to like make you think that they're perfect, you know? And the thing is, is that we have a representative democracy in america so these people are not our saviors these people are not our these are these people are not someone we're supposed to be like like die hard stands for these are public servants public servants yeah yeah their job is to serve us as american citizens um and Mm -hmm. represent us in the government and we are not supposed to be putting their opinions aside or their past aside to like um, show our undying support for them. They are supposed to be supporting us in the government. They're supposed to be representing us in the government. And I think it's really yeah. important to understand that, which a lot of people seem to not understand, is that these people are serving us and we are not supposed to be putting down our, putting aside our ethics and our morals just to like, undivided like give them our undivided support like they are supposed to be supporting us I mean actually I I really wanted to talk about this relating to idolizing I saw a lot of infographics over the weekend that was like a picture of Kamala Harris next to like all our past vice presidents and they're all like old white men and she's just you know woman Mm -hmm. of color she's Indian she's you know black and everything like that and that is just like it honestly like almost makes me tear up because it's so amazing to see but in the same token, I think it's it's dangerous to be like, yeah, just because she's a woman of color in like a power position, that means that she is, you know, a legend or that she's someone True. that should be idolized because I don't think anybody should. And we should continually call her out for her like horrendous record and everything. So I think I, I say this in my life in many different things, but moderation is so important and like mm-hmm. respect is so important. Like never go crazy into believing that politicians are amazing people or whatever, because at the end of the day, they're going to like disappoint you. Like there's going to be things that are wrong with them and other people are going to call that out. And if you turn a blind eye to that, that's on you. Like you have to be open to that, you know? And I definitely felt that in the past where I'm like, no, 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 like these people are amazing, but someone's telling me something about them that, obviously doesn't support what I think they are their image and you have to accept that as someone who's like you know in politics or whatever Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm making sense no that does make sense and I think the example you brought up is very important like I mean personally I did not understand the problem until I started reading that like like comments and like posts on the internet and stuff is that when I see Kamala Harris the vice president-elect and I see like, oh, she's the first female vice president. She's the first woman to make it to presidency, to make it to the White House. She's the first um, Indian, the first South Indian person, first Asian person to make it to the presidency. That is a huge deal to me. Not because, 100%. Of, her, not because of her like ideas or that like, oh, she's a legend because she made it. It is just insane to me that like you have to separate those things you know after everything we've been through oh that's like the AOC said on that one stream that after everything we've been through totally totally no I so 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 agree after the past of what like what 200 years of just old white men in office and finally 
finally a woman makes it after like I don't know about you when you were younger but like when people would be like oh what do you want to be when you grow up and someone like a girl would say oh I'd love to be president or something like like just like in like elementary school and then people are like oh there's never been a female president before that is so discouraging and now there's finally someone for kids to look up to and be like see like she made it which means that it's possible not because of not not because of her like ideas or policies but just by the fact that she that america elected a woman a hundred percent i think that i think that that should not be ignored i just yeah i'm i'm already over the celebration part and now i'm moving on to like attacking these people but like no 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 i think that you should completely celebrate that and it's so amazing to see and like being brown girls or whatever like it's just awesome to see that like it's awesome to see someone your color in office and I'm sure it's the same for other people of color girls of color girls in general you know what I mean like it's amazing to see so I think yeah there's a lot of things to be happy about when it comes to um our 2020 elects yeah Yeah, and this is completely regardless of their policies this is just the representation that she is bringing and the fact that she has made this like opportunity like like I guess, seem more achievable for a lot of people because it's never been done before. And that's something really important to recognize. For sure. But getting into that, you're talking about infographics. And I kind of want to put this, like, steer this more towards political, not where we, what are we talking about? Do you want to talk about cancel culture now? Do you want to talk about, like, social media? Do you want to talk about performative activism before? Okay, yeah, let's do it. So many people think that reposting an infographic on their story makes them an activist. Can we just talk about that? Like, okay, I praise you and it's amazing that you are educating yourself and you're doing this and doing that. Awesome. But the amount of bias that exists in social media is insane. And you're only seeing one point of view. You're only seeing one infographic made by, you know, who knows who. And like, I'm not trying to discredit them. Some of those accounts are incredibly accurate and incredibly amazing and Everything you do is amazing, and I'm never going to try to, like, bring people down for doing that. I just, I think that performative activism is such an issue with people because you think that you're on a moral high ground because you repost something or you, you know, do something for social media. And I've been a victim of this, too. Like, I have 100%, like, done things in the past where I'm, like, posting things on social media. I'm, like, in my life, am I also following through with what I'm supporting on social media? Like, am I actively doing that? And I don't want to call myself an activist. I'm not. I'm definitely not. But at the same time, there's definitely a line where it becomes performative, which means that you're only doing it for praise and to seem that you're on a morally high ground, I guess. Does that make sense? Did I, think, I explain that I right? I think you worded that perfectly. Like, I don't think I could Thank have said you. that better myself. That was perfect. And I think I think what you're saying, like the idea of I'm posting this on Instagram, but am I following through in my real life? That is something that I have seen fail in a lot of people. A yeah. lot of people is that people will see. And like you're saying, a lot of these accounts have great intentions, great content. But 100%. there's a lot of times I'll go through Instagram and I'll see someone post something and I know that they did not read it because it's so easy to just click something see the title oh the title is about systemic racism I'd love to repost this because I want to be an ally of black Lives yeah Matter. or like so what drives me insane post, you click on the post and then you post it to your story wow I didn't even read it but I look like I'm an activist 
right yeah or like people will post things about like this is not even really politics but like people will post things about being like sustainable fashion or whatever and then they're telling me that they're gonna like buy stuff from like sheen and i'm like like girl i'm not shaming you for doing any of that but like that doesn't just that just doesn't align like don't post things that you aren't following you know don't preach something that you don't practice that is so true and i wanted to talk about like there's this one person i'm not gonna say their name obviously but there's this per- there's this person that I've seen for the past I don't know what month is it it's November since yeah. March since March I have seen them posting things about like about Black Lives Matter about mm-hmm. like political correctness about being on like I guess like I don't know just like all of this like all of these infographics all of this material and content okay and by the end of that after how many months I can't even count I would guess that they would have some sort of understanding on what they are posting. In my class, this person did not know the difference between systemic and systematic racism. After months of posting about systemic racism and months of posting about, I I, I don't remember exactly, but I'm sure they posted some type of systemic versus systematic thing. Yeah. And I mean, I, I honestly don't know the difference and that I will definitely research after, but 100% I think that if you're posting something on social media like you should take the time to also research stuff and like know what you're talking about you know peak performative activism that's somebody who is reposting things on their stories without even understanding what that or can we without can we talk about can we talk about how people make like black lives matter into an aesthetic and they're like oh yeah like a cab let me put it on my shirt like it's not a cab what (laughs) It's like the Hello Kitty says Yeah, um, I know. Oh, my God. That drives me insane. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is not what this is about. For my birthday, I actually, somebody gave me a hat that says ACAB on it. And it was interesting for the first few months. But now I don't really feel like wearing it anymore. I um, mean, I think, I think that's fine. a little different because it's like you're just trying to show your support. And it's not like you're trying to, like, turn it into an aesthetic. Yeah. But obviously, I can't speak on that. Like, I'm not sure how that affects people. But, like... I, I just think that in general, social media, the mix of social media and politics has been insane on so many different levels. And it's hard to see the positive sometimes. Sometimes I look through my like Instagram feed and I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed with different people throwing different things and different information that they don't even know things about. And like, again, I just want to make it clear, I'm not looking down on anyone at all. I think that I am 100% a part of this. Like, I have been tempted to post things that I don't know anything about before. And I try to read and do my research. But at the end of the day, you can't turn to social media as a news source. You can't turn to social media as like a place that gives you your ideologies. You have to do deeper research than that. And um, I think that's hopefully something that will hopefully it's something that people will change to and they'll be more open to like looking beyond just what people are reposting. And I think something that is so, so intriguing about what you just said is that social media is not real. It's not the real world. It doesn't accurately describe the real population. Yes. Oh my God. Because if you see someone reposting all this stuff, they might not even support what they're reposting. They might not even know what they're reposting. Exactly. Actually, interestingly enough, in my class, so I'm taking a politics class, election 2020 class with Stanford University. And Flex. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Anyways, they were like talking about how they like communicated with the Biden campaign. And one of the big, one of the biggest takeaways that helped um, 
help the Biden campaign win this election is that they stopped focusing on social media. And, you know, when I first listened to that, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But why? And it is really important to understand that social media is not, it is not real life. It is not an accurate description or an accurate representation of real life. So, well, for sure. Yeah, that is so important. So you might see like the Biden campaign might post something and they might get like, I don't know, let's say 2 million likes. How many of those people actually support him or are actually going to vote for him? How many of those people actually can vote, you know? And the most interesting thing is that the Biden campaign stopped using social media for campaigning. And by that, I mean, they actually went out, they did phone banking, they did advertising, they did um, like COVID safe rallies, whereas the Trump campaign focused a lot of their stuff on attention from social media yeah. so how many views were they getting how many retweets were his that's tweets so getting? interesting is yeah that, i think is that the trump campaign like failed to understand that maybe it's 13 year olds retweeting this and that's why the numbers are so high yeah i mean i think also you have to keep in mind that like social media is such a s- small fraction of people and actually this this is such an important thing to bring up so much of America is far away from the world that people on social media think. So true. Like, people on social media think that everyone's issues are related to, like, social problems. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I don't even, I'm not good at doing this. Like, political correctness and, mm-hmm. you know, these different things that people post about all the time. But, like, so many people are still struggling to put food on the table for their children and for their so- selves, you know? Like, especially in, like coal mining areas and things like that they Mm -hmm. depend so deeply on the economy like it's not easy for them to have covid shutdowns and things like that and you know i think it it comes from a privilege sorry i can't talk (laughs) it comes from a privilege point of view to think that these things are the most important things like i think in our community especially living in like seattle like yeah this is the biggest deal but you have to keep in mind that that's not everyone's view like andrew yang was talking about that which i thought was really interesting is the reason why Donald Trump still has such a large number of support, almost like 50% of our country is because not everyone is living in the social media bubble. And if people continue to just think that that's everyone's viewpoint and everyone is going to put these ideals first, then you're being blind to the fact that so many people are struggling, you know, yeah, economically. I think that's a huge thing. And I know a lot of people um, online but like as like with the weeks building up to the election a lot of people thought that this was going to be like a landslide like i think it was ronald reagan or someone who won every single state except minnesota i think it was ronald reagan everyone expected some type of like huge blue wave where every state would like where almost every state or like exactly texas and florida and ohio would turn blue and everyone was under the impression that since all of these teenagers or the Gen Z kids online were all advocating for Joe Biden, that somehow he was going to have some type of a landslide win. Or not just, I mean, not just social media, but also like in the media, yeah. like CNN and, think- and everything. Everyone's putting this image of that, like everybody hates Trump, which is, is just not true, yeah. even though like obviously he's very hateable. And-, and I just wanted to add on to what you were saying, like, this is completely a perspective and conversational podcast. Like, this is not the news. We are not taking direct statistics. Yeah, I think that's quotes. the whole point. We're trying to say yeah. that. You know? But, like, if we say something that, like, you might think is, like, factually incorrect or something, 
feel free to let us know. Like our opinions are always changing. We're always learning. And, you know, I can say that my opinion is not the same as it was a few months ago, even like a few weeks ago. Right. So we're always down to like hear your suggestions and stuff. So don't even worry about that. Um, Yeah. I think call us out. Yeah, I think that, in fact, I want people to do that. I want to learn and hear other people's perspectives, because I think the whole point about this podcast is not to be like, oh, this is how you should see this topic. Mm-hmm. It's about, like, this is how we feel about it, and, like, how do you feel, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like opening up a conversation about stuff that some people fear to talk about or don't want to face, I guess. Yeah. Which actually brings me to, let's talk about cancel culture. Okay, I don't even know where to start, but I think... In, from the way that I see it, cancel culture is a way of holding people accountable, but in a way that doesn't allow people to grow. So basically, I mean, actually, that's already bringing my opinion into it. So let's just let's just say with what most people think cancel culture is, which is basically this idea that like, especially when it comes to people on social media, they, you know, dig up tweets or things or people who are saying harmful or disgusting or rude or, you know, just just disrespectful things. And they call them out for doing that. And they revoke their privileges, they take away their following take away this that you know they stop supporting them they continually hate on them and I guess the hope from that is that people with people with that platform who have done those things their platform is taken away right that's kind Mm -hmm. of the hope yeah so but yeah I was just gonna read like the online definition so okay do that because I'm like too I'm too already like worked up about it to like <laughs> properly give a definition no, no, no. your definition was perfect like I totally agree with you but I'm just gonna read this one from Google just I don't even know where it's from call out culture is a modern form of ostracism in which someone is thrust out of social or professional circles online on social media in the real world or both those who are subject to this ostracism are said to be quote-unquote canceled Merriam-Webster defines cancel as to stop giving support to that person, and Dictionary.com defines it as withdrawing support for canceling public figures and companies after they have done or said something considered objectionable or offensive. Yes. Okay, yeah, I I agree with that. Okay. Yeah. So the idea behind this is, um, like you were saying, if you've seen someone like that a lot of people have a fan are a fan of or someone who has a big platform or following and you've seen them mess up at some point in their career the idea is that you bring that up and you like completely cut out their support like oh you messed up in 2010 so you don't deserve to have a platform anymore that is that is how i see it because for a lot of the people that i have seen be canceled or a lot of the people that i followed and I've seen them get canceled, it is because of something they did a really, really long time ago. Yeah, I think, I mean, we can get into why cancel culture doesn't work later on, but Mm -hmm. it just doesn't allow for people to grow and change. If you expect me to be the same person I am now, like 10 years ago, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, people change, and that is human, and that is normal. And I think, holding people to a standard of being perfect is just impossible. Like, even if, let's say your fave is uncancelable, right? Mm-hmm. And they are perfect on everything. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they're like that in, in real life. And I think it's it's kind of naive to think that just because you take away someone's platform or you do this or that, that means that they're going to change or they're going to grow. And of course, this doesn't apply to, like, certain situations. I think that if someone is, like, an abuser or a sexual assaulter, that's, like, a whole different case. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking more about 
what cancel culture now is today where it's like oh you said this one thing that could have been thought as offensive or you didn't post repost this one post you know I think there's definitely like a blurry line there you know and I don't want to be like I speak for everyone these are the important cases these Mm -hmm. are you know not I think there's certain times where cancel culture is important and it's needed and I get why it was created but it just doesn't allow for growth and it doesn't allow for people to be people and nobody is perfect and to expect them to be perfect on social media is just impossible like I don't I don't think that's a standard that you would hold yourself to so why hold hold anyone to that you know that's so perfectly worded and I just want to add on that (laughs) thank you that like I don't like okay no this sounds wrong I'm gonna reword this I don't think that I could be held accountable for something I said three years ago, which is when I was 13 years old. I do not think I can, I cannot be accountable for that person because that is a different person. I'm 16 now. I'm very different than who I was even like, I don't know, eight months ago. If you see like some type of creator online, if you see their tweet from 2015 of them talking about something controversial, you you would not know if they had that same type of growth, but they just didn't post about it. Because honestly, I think that's the human experience is that people do not want yeah. to be embarrassed by the idea that they were wrong, you know? And I know yeah, it's yeah. totally like, I understand that. Like, of course, if I said something wrong, I would feel bad about it, but it's not something that I would want to post about publicly insane at this point and I understand that people get hurt or they get they feel marginalized or they is that even the right word I don't even know what that word means or they feel like they're being called out or they're being like discriminated against or whatever and I get that and it is your right to be like hey like this is wrong and calling someone out and cancel culture are two different things and I think holding people accountable for the mistakes they make is absolutely okay and being like hey like doing that and being respectful about it is so okay but like you have to understand that at the same time just because someone apologizes doesn't mean they change and you don't have the power to do that because it's an eternal thing it's you know and another thing is even if you didn't hear an apology this person might be going through that own growth themselves they might they might just not be talking about it you know like yeah no no, no, no for real. is that like like what like you were saying call out culture is like in my opinion, it's okay. It's okay to call out other people and hold them accountable for things that they've done if they were like offensive or disrespectful. But I don't think that it's okay to be constantly hounding on people even after they've apologized, made a change, or like have a genuine change or or like maybe they already had that change years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you... You can't constantly be commenting, oh, isn't this the person that said, like, the N-word, like, 10 years ago yeah. um, on someone's videos if they did that 10 years ago and they've already apologized and they've already changed and they've or like, already used their is... platform for good. Like, exactly. There's a lot yeah. of change that can happen that we're just not, we're not, um, we're not seeing because, again, like, it's sometimes hard to remember that like the people that we are um quote unquote canceling are also real people they also feel guilt they also have to forgive themselves they also have to grow and educate themselves and we just might not be seeing that that's like a different side to their normal content so true so true i also i want to pivot from this conversation a little Mm -hmm. bit before we wrap it up to say I think there's a lot of tense stuff when it comes to like people with differences on the 
close spectrum. Like mm-hmm. I have never faced that because I think generally I I'm kind of in, around the same political area as like the people who surround me, right? Mm-hmm. But I know people who aren't and they feel this fear to be open about what they're saying or they feel this fear to do this or do that. And I don't think that that's a productive thing to have on social media. Like, go ahead and tell me your thoughts about that, because maybe they're different. But like, I just think that people should be allowed to have their opinions. And I totally understand the argument that's like, it's human rights. Like, we can't disagree. And I totally get that. And I think that's a different conversation. Putting human rights aside, let's just go straight down to right and left values. So stuff like climate change or stuff like the economy and how it should be run. People, yeah. because yeah. of how because of how polarized it has gotten, and I know I don't know if you've heard this term being tossed around recently, identity politics. <laughs> yeah, behind identity politics, I'll give you an example: is that, uh, for instance, if I identified as a Democrat or if I de- identified as left leaning, I would strictly agree with things that are only Democratic. Only oh liberal, my God. only yes. left, because I know yes. that that's like the side that I'm on, and I won't even listen to anything that has to do with the right, conservatism, or Republicans. I won't even like bat an eye that way or try to understand their perspective. Or like, and I think that also has a lot to do with things like the Electoral College, but I don't really want to get into that right now. So, going back to what I was saying, the idea of identity politics, where everything is so polar, so everything is so binary, is that it becomes. It it creates more of a divide, like we were talking about earlier. There is a huge division, deep rooted in in politics and society. Hundred percent. That like that yeah. the left and right cannot like cannot converse with each other. They cannot see eye to eye. They cannot understand each other's perspectives. I'm and I'm saying this as like a blanket statement. Like, of course, some people can, but as in general, if I went and talked to somebody from like I don't know Oklahoma. I doubt that if I tried to explain my perspective of climate change to them, that they would care that much because they don't identify as liberal. They don't identify as left. They don't identify as democratics. So why would they care, you know? And I feel like a huge part of that also has to do with social media because because of how polarized everything has gotten, it is hard to even take time out of your day to understand what the other side is trying to say. You know what I mean? I don't know if any of that made sense. No, that makes so much sense. And like, yeah, like I feel that so much. Like, you know, just because someone's on the opposite political spectrum as you doesn't mean that you can't have those conversations. Like, obviously there's certain topics where it's really personal and it's really deep or it's human rights regarding where it's like, it's hard to be respectful. And I don't think that anybody has to be respectful. I try to be respectful in every conversation, but like, I understand why people aren't, you know, some things are like really hard to be nice when someone's like blatantly disrespecting someone's rights. Like, I totally get that. But I mean, outside of those conversations, there's a lot of things that people disagree about and you I think your goal has to be to bring people to understand your point of view not to push them farther away yeah and once again I wanted to bring up something that you were saying is that I mean the two of us have had the privilege of living in literally a bubble like Seattle like suburbs specifically is such a privilege to live in just because yeah just because everyone like more or less agrees on things everyone is left-leaning here and i know that's a blanket statement but i can say that most people here are like left-leaning okay and that honestly is kind of a problem for a lot of people because 
they do not understand the other side. They don't understand why people, for instance, would vote for Trump because they don't understand about like, like the problems that people who are not from here are facing. Like, yeah, that's I what totally I was talking about earlier. Like, like, yeah, you also have to understand like, like this person thinks differently from me, but like I should at least try to understand why. And like, I guess if it comes down to racism, like of course, like that's that's kind that's of unacceptable. But if it's like yeah. someone saying, "Oh, I think that." this is how the economy should be run then like like that's that's an opinion you have to matter. respect them and they're yeah living in a country called the united states of america <laughs> the irony of four years it's- after four years we finally get something about unity <laughs> these people have just been elected elected joe biden and kamala harris and they have had some mess ups earlier in their career they have done some things that were wrong, but it is important to recognize, like, you can cancel them if you want. Like, that's totally up to you. But I can recognize that these people have changed. These people have recognized that they did some, they did, they had some mishaps earlier in their career. They tried to make it right. They have, um, I guess, changed their opinions on things. So maybe and not the for- point. Yeah, you know, maybe honestly, not for everything, this is... but like this is growth, and like yeah. a lot of people are saying settle for Biden, but I think in a lot of places, a lot of his policies, I can support him because I know that he has changed as a person from I don't know fifty years ago, and I know I that mean... his policies will actively support me, and so I'm not gonna say I'm idolizing him, but I can support his ideas, a lot of them, not all of them, yeah. but a lot of them. And I think also it isn't even about knowing that they're a perfect person or that they have grown as a person. As long as they've grown as a politician, they're going to instate things for us. Like, it's a little sad to say, but you're never going to know the personal views of them. And you don't need to. Like, as long as you know that politically they've changed and they've grown and they're going to instate things that support us and support Mm -hmm. what you believe in, that's all that matters. To wrap up this episode, I just want to say, like, I don't want to disclaim it per se, but I do want to say like we are young and we're learning and these are just our opinions and honestly a stream of consciousness. I've probably said things that I'll look back and I'll be like, what? Like, I don't even agree with that. But I think yeah. the point is, is to open this conversation and people to True. comment and to do this and do that. So just be respectful, like be respectful of other people's opinions of everything, especially in this time where a lot of people are going through a lot of different things and educate yourself. Like I definitely have learned a lot even just talking about this with you and like I'm gonna go back and do some research on some stuff because I think mm-hmm. it's important as young people to be educated about what you're preaching and practice that as well and yeah that's the main idea I guess just being respectful of people's opinions and being open and questioning yourself and everything like that yeah, so, yeah. And I wanted to add that like this podcast like this is completely just conversational so mm-hmm. like maybe maybe in a month I'm gonna listen back to this and I'm gonna cringe at what I'm saying saying but the point yeah. is the point is that that this is an open conversation and we can learn and we can grow from this and you know maybe I don't 100% agree with everything that I just said but the point is we're trying to open up new perspectives Okay, thank you so much for everyone who is listening. We're so happy to have you listening, and hopefully we can see you next week. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening.